about Star Wars, but light speed. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, anyway. Alright, look at 2 Thessalonians 1. So, you're going to have to go back a little bit the other direction. After Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. says, To this end also we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power. See, God is saying that, or Paul's saying here to the Thessalonians that God would count you worthy of his calling. Okay? doesn't mean you're something you've got to earn, but what he's saying is get tapped into it and start doing it so that God will say, boy, he's really living up to it. She's really doing what I've called her to do. And then it says, fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with what? Power. See, you supply the willingness and the faith. You're the one that's decided, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And then he says, okay, I'll give you the power to do it. Power comes along with it. Now see, if you're, if you're a little bit queasy about, like I was, about making, going all out for God, being all in for God, and doing His plan, and I've told y'all, I, I was just sure if I did that, He'd send me to Africa, and I'd live there the rest of my life. Okay? Nothing wrong with that if that's what He calls you to do. For some reason, that was a block in my mind. Okay? <laughs> but... But if you're, if you're thinking, oh, no, if I, if I just say that to God and, and I tell him that and I'm willing to do it, where will I end up? What am I going to end up doing? How will I do it? Okay, don't sweat the how. It says he gives you the power. All right, read on in verse 12. It says, so that the name of our Lord Jesus will be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace, there's that word for power again, of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. See, He's given you power. It's His, it's his name on the line. Because some of you might be thinking, well, what if I can't do this the way God wants me to do it? I, I'll be embarrassed. You know, what if I say I'm going to go on this mission trip and I go and I'm a flop? Okay? I'll let you in on a secret. It's not your name on the line. It's His name on the line. Okay? He's put his name, and because he's put his name on the line, he'll give you his power to accomplish what he wants you to do. It's not up to you. All you got to do is be willing. Exercise some faith. Find out what is it, what is it, God? And then just start out, and he, he will give you the know-how. He'll give you the power. See, don't worry about the how. God will take care of the how. You just need to be concerned about the what. Okay? You don't even have to know why. All those, all those W questions. You don't have to know. All you have to know is what. Okay? All right. 2 Timothy. A couple pages back. 1 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 9. says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. 
Again, he knew you from your mother's womb. He had a plan for you from back then. And, and because it's his plan, it's a holy calling. It's not, a, it's not a human calling. It's not an earthly calling. It's not a, the calling that mama decided she wanted you to fulfill or grandpa. This is a holy calling from God. That's the one you need to find out. Some of you, mom or dad, have been telling you all your life what it is you should be doing. <laughs> okay? You can respect that and be respectful. And there's certain things that you need to do that they've asked you to do. And certain things that's their wisdom from God that they're saying, I want you to go work on this, check on do this. But that doesn't mean that there's no responsibility on you to find out what is, what is God's plan for me. Only you are responsible to find that out. And no matter what mom and dad are, what direction they're steering you in, you need to find that out. And you need to, you need to get tapped into that. It doesn't mean you, you do away with the other. It, it, it might just be, and probably in a lot of cases, what they've been teaching you, exposing you to, encouraging you to do, probably either complements or goes right along with what God's calling you to do in a lot of cases. But even if it doesn't, you're responsible to find out what is God's plan for me and go do it. Even if you have to say, Mom, Dad i got to spend a little less time on this. I love you. I appreciate what you've done for me. Now, see, I'm telling you the sweet way to do this, okay? <laughs> Don't do it sarcastic or hateful. <laughs> but, you, but if it comes to that point, say, but I, I know what God's showing me that i got to do, and i gotta, I got to start pursuing this. I may, I may not be able to do as much of this over here. I'll do everything I can, but i got to start doing what God's calling me to do. Except schoolwork. Don't even pray that prayer. God, should I be doing my, my schoolwork? Because <laughs> God doesn't want, want you to be ignorant <laughs> pursuing your calling. Notice I didn't say stupid. I said ignorant. Ignorant means unlearned. <laughs> you need to, st you know, there's a scripture on that. Study to show yourself approved. Not sleep in or or skip it, or go do what you want to do to study, to, I mean, to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Even on, I can guarantee you, even on what he's called you to do in life, if it has nothing to do with some of those school subjects, algebra, chemistry, English, he's going to have you studying. So those study skills you're getting in those will help you either way, <laughs> okay? Even if you don't like calculus or whatever hang in there because you need to learn how to study because he's going to have you to study to show yourself approved no matter what you're calling but it's a holy calling let's read on in verse uh, 10 it says but now has been revealed by the appearing of our savior Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed listen to what Paul says about his calling I was appointed remember that definition we read about being called I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. See, he had three callings, or three aspects of his calling. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Remember we talked about that? But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. 
confirms what those other scriptures said. You might have some persecution for what God's called you to do, but he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had appointed him to be an apostle. God had appointed him to, in that role of an apostle, the way he ministers is as a teacher. He teaches. Okay? And he also sometimes preaches. <laughs> Some of these books, he gets a little... He gets a little hot and heavy with them in there. He's like, you don't want to wait till I get there. <laughs> so sometimes he's preaching at them. But he knows he's doing that with confidence. Why? Because he knows this is what God's call, appointed him to do. And what God's called him to do. It's God's plan for him. And because of that, he knows that even though I'm suffering these things, he said, I know he's able. He is able to keep me. He's able to do whatever it is that it's going to take for me to do this. All right? Uh, look at, uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, just a couple books over. Hebrews 3 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling. See, it's a heavenly calling. Again, this is, this is not something somebody thought up on earth. Like I said, it's not what mama or, or grandpa said you ought to do or grandma or, or very spiritual great aunt Susie. It's, it's not what they say. Well, you know, I think you ought to do this. I, I, I personally know people whose parents called them into the ministry. Boy, does that turn out to be a disaster. <laughs> okay? You better get your calling from God <laughs> and not from any of those people I named. I know some people that, that the pastor, who might have been their parent in some cases, but, but it may have, been somebody, may have been somebody else, but the pastor says, well, I think you ought to do this. Well, you better be sure the pastor heard from the Lord. That's not so much his responsibility in that situation as it is yours. Because he's human too. So the pastor can't call you. Grandma can't call you. Your most spiritual mentor in your life can't call you it has to be what God says for you to do See, but if it is you can do it with confidence but he says it's a heavenly calling but look what he says next consider Jesus All right, let's think about Jesus you think Jesus was called did, did, did God have a purpose for him in his life here on earth oh yeah oh yeah he was called before he ever got it you think he would have came if he, if he just said well let's, let's go down and let me go down there and see what happens <laughs> No, there was a very specific plan. In fact, all of heaven and all of God's power was invested in that plan. If it would have failed, God would have probably, the universe would have ceased to exist. That's how, how specific this plan was and how focused it was. And so you better believe Jesus had a calling. And he, he found that he knew what it was before he got here. And he had to come and be born as a baby and grow up till he could get understanding of it as a human and then live it out. So you know what? That's, that's one thing that consider, saying, consider your calling is the topic for today, but consider Jesus and his calling. How do you think Jesus, once he got here and was born as a human baby and had to grow up, you know, he had to teeth and crawl and, and toddle and all this stuff like babies do until he could get to where he could learn something. How do you think he had to learn his calling once he became a human. Same way you do is the answer. 
He did everything he did as an example for how we have to do it or how we should do it. He knew the plan of God before he left heaven to come here. But then he was born as a baby. He had to develop the mental understanding and, and grow up as a human being that could do things. You know, he wasn't able at one year old to go out and, and, and part the sea and speak to the clouds and all this stuff. He had to grow up. And he had to do just what you guys and what I had to do is ask God and say, God, what, what, is it you, what is your plan for my life? What is it you want me to do? I'll surrender to you, but, just, but tell me. And Jesus had to, had to figure that out the same way you do. Say, Jesus had to? Yeah, Jesus had to do everything the way you have to do it. Some of you look at me like you got a, you got a noodle on that one for a while. <laughs> Okay, go home and think about it. All right, but consider Jesus and his calling. What does it say here that he was called to do? The apostle and high priest of what? Of our confession. That's his ultimate calling that he's fulfilling still today. He's taken our, our words, our prayers. You better give him something he can work with, by the way. He's taken those and he's praying them sitting on the right hand of God, praying them to the Father. But even when he was here, he was the apostle of our faith. He was the forerunner. He's the one who showed us how to do it. And so that was his calling. And look what it says. There's one word that, that you, is used in the next verse that describes how he lived out that calling. It says, He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses was, or also was, in his house. Jesus was faithful to his calling. You say, well, that was easy for him. He was the Son of God. You know, he laid all that down when he came to earth. And he came to earth to live as the Son of Man. Isn't that what he called himself? He always referred to himself as the Son of Man. He never called himself the Son of God. The prophets... And, and different ones called him that. But he called himself the Son of Man. He had to do it the same way you have to do it. And, and he pursued it that way. And he was faithful. When he knew what he was called to do, he was faithful in it. You ever know a time where Jesus took a vacation and sloughed off from his, from his calling during his earthly ministry? He said, well, you guys, y'all you go, go on into the village and y'all minister to him. I'm, I'm tired of these, these gripey, complaining Jews. I'm just going to take a couple of days off. I don't ever read anything like that in the Gospels. He was faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Always dependable. Always doing. In fact, most of the time when he stole away, it was to go spend some time talking to the Father to get more clarity about what I'm going to do tomorrow. Right? He'd go, he'd, he'd go away to pray. He, and he said... I, he said, everything I say, I say what, my, what I hear my father saying. I do what I see my father doing. He was faithful, always faithful. All right, uh, some examples of callings. We're going to look at these real quickly. Matthew 10, 1. Matthew 10, 1. It says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So he sent 
this may not have been a calling in life, but it was a part of all of their callings in life in, uh, later on, is he, he called them together and gave them authority to go and, and, and heal the sick. And we know they did it. If you read on, you'll read how they came back and testified. And then over in Mark um, chapter 6, another similar example. Mark chapter 6 and verse 7 says, And he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And he instructed them that they should take nothing for their journey except a mere staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belt, and so on and so forth. But he called them, he had a mission for them to go on. He called them to go on this mission. Now see, you can have, you can know God's plan for your life, but also there might be certain things he's called you to do within that plan. He might call you to go to the Philippines, or he might call you to go to Nicaragua, or Africa, or Los Angeles, or Kannapolis, Okay. He might send you somewhere that's a part of that calling and call you to go do something particular. All right? Look in, back up um, a couple of chapters to Mark chapter 1 and verse 20. And it says, Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the third servants and went away to follow him. This is where, if you read above this, where he called... James and John, the two brothers, the sons of Zebedee. Later they called the sons of thunder. <laughs> he, call, he called them, some of y'all know some people in current times in choir that were referred to as the sons of thunder. But anyway, they, they were different from James and John. But um, he called them to, to be his disciples. And we know he called Peter and Andrew. They were two other brothers that fished. But he called them and he called them out. He summoned them to come and follow him. And see, for them, it was, it, was, it was a change of vocation from there on out. Now, they didn't forget how to fish. They went back and tried it a time or two. But they couldn't get away from God's call on their life. And it changed their life forever. And they more or less gave up fishing. So you need to quit fishing for what you want to do in life once you find out what God's plan is for you and start doing what God's called you to do. All right. So, another good example in the book of Acts, and we're not going to take time to read this, but you guys know the story of Paul and his calling on the road to Damascus. So chapter 9 of of Acts starts off, Now Saul, because he was called Saul then, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way and those were the believers, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? He was smart enough to know it was the Lord. He might not have known who his name was, but he knew it had to be the Lord. And he said... I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. And the men that traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. See, Saul was called very dramatically. The most dramatic example we have in the Bible, called the Damascus Road Experience. 
See, we think that's great, and we think people have a great testimony when they're called like, like Saul. Really, that's not so great that God has to, has to knock you off your horse. Or, in other words, God has to knock you out of the car, <laughs> blind you, and speak in an audible voice to get you to hear him. Really, that's pretty pathetic. <laughs> you ought to be in tune with God in his still small voice in the, in the quiet of your own house, not that he has to kick you out of the car <laughs> or into the ditch, <laughs> blind you, and, and more or less yell at you. <laughs> You get the point. That's pretty thick. <laughs> That's pretty stupid. Pretty hard-headed. Okay? But nevertheless, God has grace for every one of us. <laughs> and so Saul, as hard-headed and hard-hearted as he was, God got through to him. And he did at least have enough heart that he really wanted to do what God wanted him to do. He just thought he was doing it. But he was certainly on the wrong track, wasn't he? He was persecuting Christians. Um... But, you know, God can turn any situation around. This was a dramatic calling. And if you read on, you'll see what happened to him. He went into town, like God said. Then God sent Ananias, to go, who was a spirit-filled believer, to go pray for him, lead him in a prayer, and lead him in a, in a prayer to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues. And then, immediately, he knew what his specific calling was. He started then preaching the word and, and teaching right there in, in Damascus he, before he even left town he started teaching in the synagogue now in between the, that time the believers came together got together with him and started te telling him some stuff and he received a lot of revelation and understanding pretty quick so much that he just wanted to start teaching right away see you don't have to wait till you get a degree you don't have to wait till you're some you know expert to start doing what God's called you to do. Start where you're at. See, if God calls you before you even get into high school or before you get out of high school, start doing it. Do, do whatever you can do with it. Where you're at. But, but, but pursue that then for your lifelong vocation. Okay. Just some words of, of wisdom. Okay. We're, we're going to... We're going to skip down to, um, there, there's some th scriptures here, and we may pick these up the next time, about um, how Paul then talks about himself as a result of this calling. Um, but I, I wanted Haley to come up because um, this is her last Sunday with us, and I wanted before she left to, to share a little bit about she's going off to school not just to just go to school but she's going off to pursue her calling and I think she knows a good bit about what that's supposed to be but I'm sure she doesn't know everything but so I'm going to ask her to come up and she's going to share a little bit um, about her calling so huh not her last and before she goes off to school <laughs> And she'll be with us Thursday night, but but um, I had wanted her to, to do this, knowing that we were going to have this series, and um, it just seemed to fit in today, so um, they're giving her a mic, so we'll give them a minute. But um, I'm going to ask her some questions, and she's going to share with you in relation to this, and... Uh, <laughs> Wizard of Sean. Okay. 
Okay. So, Haley, I wanted you to share, um, because I know this, there's, this has been going on in you for a number of years to some degree, but when do you first remember hearing about God having a calling or a plan for your life? Well, most kids, I know parents have big dreams for their kids, so a lot of kids will grow up hearing, oh, you're going to become a lawyer, or you're going to become a doctor, or something big, something important. But um, I had the privilege of being raised in a Christian family where I was told, um, you do whatever you want to do as long as it's what God has called you to do. So since a very young age, I've known that God has a calling on my life. Um, but it wasn't until I was like, well, I was like seven when I knew, um, got the first little inkling of what the Lord wanted me to do. So if you knew that that was the case, how did you begin to find out? How did you begin to pursue your your calling, God's plan for you? Well, a lot of it, I think, was speaking out of my mouth. I know the f- when I was seven, the first thing was I was going to Oral Roberts University. So when I was little, I'd always say, I'm going to ORU, I'm going to do this. And it was also that I wanted to be a missionary. Um, so I'd say, I wanted to go to ORU, I want to be a missionary. Um, it's changed a little bit since then in the missionary part, but um, it's still pretty consistent with other things the Lord has been showing me. So can you share with us what you believe it is God's called you to pursue? Um, it is that I'm going to be studying to teach performing arts, theater, speech, and debate to kids and teens and kind of um, give, help give them the experience that I was able to have in high school. And how did you, you said you believed that as you were growing up that God had a calling. You you believed that, you said some things, now you know what it is. How did you, how did you come to that conclusion? How did you get to, to know what it is? What? Um, the analogy I can think about is like a puzzle. Um, you, you're given all these pieces and one by one you start to put them together um, like I mentioned earlier I, the first thing was I wanted to go to Oral Roberts University and I wanted to be a missionary but um, I knew I had to have something like a tent making skill so that was well the main thing was I wanted to share about Jesus and stuff like that um, I knew I had to, to have a skill to help support me through that so I was kind of I don't know kind of just listening to the Lord and f- trying to find out what that was and something came as a teacher and I was so excited when I found out that that's something that the Lord wanted me to do um, so um, I went through different ideas at first it was like a preschool teacher then it was a history teacher it just went through all these different things um, and I knew I wanted to work with young people um, guidance counselor that was another one um but one of the important things was I knew that um what I wanted to do was follow God in everything and then in about my sophomore junior year I started musical theater and that was just amazing and I cannot imagine my life without it but as I started getting closer to um senior year and deciding what I gotta find a major. Um, I was at that point looking into uh, nonprofit organization management. 
because I thought at that point um, the Lord wanted me to help unwed mothers. Um, I'm like, well, I'd love to do this because I've, at this point, it was either that or a guidance counselor, some kind of counseling, anyway. Um, and But I feel like I want, something just wasn't, I wasn't, there wasn't a contentment, I guess, is what you would call it. I knew that I was willing to do it, if that's what the Lord wanted me to do, but I wasn't completely content in my... De- I wasn't at peace with that decision. So, um... I remember I had a conversation with Mom on Valentine's Day. Uh, it was when right after we did the performance of Little Women for the Optimist Club of Charlotte. And we were talking about different ideas, and she said, um, you know... Your heart has been in theater for a long time, ever since you were little, and I think that if that's what the Lord wants you to do, then you need to go ahead and do it and not worry about finding something else. And I felt like that was the release the Lord was giving me to find, um, to pursue the theater and performing arts as my life skill. And then... Um, later, another God thing was when Mom was looking at the di- different um, communications and theater majors that ORU provided. Um, she came across communication arts education, which it combines teaching with theater, and it was just the most amazing thing when I found out that that was an option for me. I got so excited, and so that's what I will be studying at Oral Roberts University. Would you say what it ended up being is something that you have passion about or that you've developed Very, very much so because um, if you've ever, some of you know that because you've been a part of my family, I've been thinking up plays and directing plays since I was little. (laughs) And Matthew's been a victim of that. A victim. He's had to be (laughs) play parts in her plays at home. So, yeah, it's really cool to see it come full circle so it's interesting that and I think that's the case with a, with a, a lot of people is that what you the passion you develop is not by accident in a lot of cases it's it's God inspired and what when you find out really what his plan for your life is it usually involves what you're passionate about because he takes that and channels it into something that can be used for him and his kingdom. So, one last question. Why do you believe God has a calling for you to... It goes on, you stole my scripture from Second Thessalonians. I'm not happy about that. Okay. Well, I kind well, of you, am, because you, you, you you've already heard it. You can share your take on it. But, um, I know that the Lord has big plans. I know that I'm not sure what they are. Um, he hasn't given me that puzzle piece yet. Um, But I know he has big plans, and like you were saying earlier, uh, he needs people to work through. It's not, he has big plans for me, not because I have some special talent or I'm so amazing, as much as I'd like to believe that. (laughs) It's just not true. But there's big plans that he needs, big things that need to be done, and he needs me in order to complete them. There was some scriptures. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Need this? Yes, please. Thank you. 
Um, the scriptures that kind of describe my um, journey. It's in one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 37, 3 through um, 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. So you hear, I know the verse about um, he will give you the desires of your heart. Everybody likes to pray that, especially when they're believing for something fun and amazing. God will give, you the, give me the desires of my heart. But you really have to remember the precursor is that trust in the Lord and do good. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust it also in him. So I felt like that's what um, described my journey of finding out what the calling of God is, is I was willing to give him, to do something for him. I knew I wouldn't, may not enjoy it, but I knew that if that was what he wanted me to do, then I was willing to go after it and do it. And so because I was willing to honor him in that way, he gave me the release and permission to um, go after what I really, really wanted to do and thought, would just end up being a dream. Um, but for the younger people, not that they're that much younger than me, but um, there's uh, another passage in Ephesians that I feel like would be my prayer for you guys. And as you're searching for what the Lord wants you to do, it's Ephesians 1, 15 through 19a. For this reason, I too, having heard Having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? So. And you know, um, no matter where you are in that process, God has that plan. And you may be further along than she is. You may not be at the point she's at yet. I was a little bit older than her when, when I started getting a clue in life um, but it, it can be younger you know? and so I'm just grateful and thankful that, that Haley has has learned what she's learned so far about God's plan for her life and that she's going in that direction and um, I'm believing for 